Well, the tape is up and rolling. Over to you, man. And welcome, people. We are here with our interview in our relaunch debut show. Dr. Andrew Revkin. Andy, hello. Hey. <laughs> um, this gentleman is a, a uh, uh, visionary. He creates things. He's a founder of the sustainability. What's the language there? The, the uh, uh, Initiative for Communication and Sustainability at, at the Columbia Climate School, which is kind of emerging from what had been the Earth Institute at Columbia. Amen. Now, I had to go to you for that because I would never have gotten that whole thing. No, right. it's clunky. <laughs> and, you know, uh, but don't get a marketing expert to like bring it down to like one number yeah. and one syllable, please. Okay. Uh, but I know that uh, I, I recently came back into your um, extensive sphere there of, of environmentalist musicians uh, with your Sunday Sanity series and your uh, sitting in the green room of your um, uh, Sunday morning gathering and, uh, welcome, welcome to the earth riot radio. It's great, great to be to here. You here. Well, it's great to be here, man. I uh, a few a, people I love write about extinction as much as you do. Hallelujah. Like to, sort of. <laughs> yeah. Wow. Very, very complicated emotional issue for mm -hmm. people handling it like you are. Yeah. Um, we just got back from Glasgow where, um, we experienced, um, that division, uh, between the hotels and conference centers behind that metal fence there, where they're having a high stakes poker game about our climate. And then on this side of the fence and on this side of a long row of police, there's music music and all the things that music gives you, the movement, uh, the talking, the touching, the dancing, the parading. And then some people, of course, Extinction Rebellion and so forth, they took that dancing up to the highway and stopped traffic. <laughs> mm -hmm. So it, it went into actions of various degrees of intensity. Um, and we got back to New York and we just feel like um, I want to ask you, where is the music right now vis-a-vis -vis yeah. activism? What would, what would be your assessment there? Oh, man. It's kind of like asking, where is the Democratic Party? Meaning, <laughs> you know, the, the forces of stasis, the, here the Republicans, elsewhere around the world, other people, you know, Saudi Arabia, they, they sing one song really well. And the song is that don't let's stick with the way things are. Mm -hmm. And, you know, Trump wrote into the white house using that song and everyone has this instinct to want to keep things the way they are or were older people have more of a sense of the way things were, you know? Mm -hmm. And so they tend to be even more stuck in that mode. So that's a really easy song to sing. Uh, we all kind of go to bed with that song in our heads to a certain extent, even if progressives, you know, like we want to be somewhere. Right. And the problem going forward 
to me, you know, been writing about this stuff as a journalist now for like 35 freaking years. That's <laughs> a little more than half my life. And I'm over in well, my 60s. Um, What's a freaking year as opposed to like a dog yeah. year? Well, the last two years have been freaking years. <laughs> <laughs> Pandemic, <laughs> pandemonium, pandemonium. Oh, God, yes. Uh, so, so going, um, the problem is you need many songs to get us through that. Uh, what I mean by that is like for energy, you know, there's a place on this planet for nuclear power, even though I, my wife and many of my neighbors who I live in the Hudson River Valley are very happy that Indian Point, our local power plant shut down. Finally. Well, finally, yes. But if you care about the climate enough, you know, t turning off 20% of America's energy, electricity, which uh -huh. is what we would do to shut down all of our nuclear power plants is a song I wouldn't want to sing. But that means what I'm saying there is there's it takes a diversity of approaches ah. on a complex planet to get us through this this moment in time to get us toward 2100 without a completely overheated fucked up earth and with more justice and more inclusion and the things we think of when we talk about resilience and and uh, progress. So, so well, it this takes is a really time. elegant elegant answer to my um stridently binary setup there of the of the people in the conference hall the billionaires and their stooges and then the yeah. free people the free people outside and i think i do have that tendency because i'm looking for the activism i'm looking for the lever of change absolutely that, that involves engaging people with music but also upsetting somebody mm -hmm. and usually involves police surrounding the singers and all that. Mm -hmm. And, and by the way, you know, what I just said includes that the songs, there's a total place for activism, including edgy activism, uh, that without that, the center really doesn't move. Things don't, it's kind of like, just to give you one quick example, way, way back. 10, 15 years ago, Nestle. Oh, yeah. Kit Kat bars, you know, we all candy, you know, Halloween, palm oil and um, Greenpeace, which I haven't always agreed with on some things. They, mm -hmm. they took a really, really interesting approach that included some unbelievably edgy YouTube videos. So we're like some office worker in England is biting into his Kit Kat bar while he's on a break and it starts bleeding. And you realize it's an orangutan finger, oh, God. <laughs> you know, and so well, like, that's like, oh, my God. Right. But while they were doing that, they also Greenpeace was on the ground in Indonesia with you know, their Indonesian partners, keeping track of the plantations where there's and there are other environmental groups. that are ready to rescue Nestle. Right. When I say rescue them, I mean, come with us and we'll show you ways to evolve from getting your palm oil from orangutan habitat. So it's like without any of those elements, you know, you need the whole picture. You need the so Greenpeace was up against uh, like environmental defense bond or something. Well, you could say up against, but I, I to me, it's with. Even, Did they even work if, together? Did, well, they but not, I don't think it's a, there might be some cross. Maybe they don't either. like each other so much. But it's like without all of those elements of that puzzle, uh -huh. you wouldn't have change so you kind of need the edge you need the push you need people in the streets you need people in chase bank lobbies 
with cameras, uh, you know, very clever activism approach that you guys have taken. But we also need to figure out ways to take these big institutions forward, uh, whether it's sometimes it'll be in court, sometimes it'll be through consumer demand, but that only works for consumer products. It doesn't work for uh -huh. commodities. Uh -huh. And so the whole rich stew, you know, again, I've written thousands of stories on this stuff and kind of all of those elements of the prism are, are part of the human way. There and isn't one right way necessarily. But it takes a loud chorus. You do need, you, you know, we need everything that, that you guys do. And, uh, you know, some of it, it's just part of the stew. And, and without it, the world would be a much poorer place. I saw the Extinction Rebellion took, took on Greenpeace. I missed and that. I can't remember the nature of the objection, but it gave me the sensation of, oh, Greenpeace always had that role of being the avant-garde. Well, you know, Greenpeace is a huge operation, right? It's like uh -huh. a, hundreds of millions of dollars a year budget uh, and uh, the glow, all the Greenpeaces. And so I could see it becoming seen as mainstream. To raise that much money, you know, you got to appeal to middle class folks. And that wouldn't surprise me. I'd look it up. I'll look it up. But they, they come out and say at the, at the beginning of all their websites and brochures, we don't take money from corporations. And so good for them for raising big bucks in another way oh sure and, well yeah it would be from middle america <laughs> and people stranded in their jobs they just want to you know yeah pay off their conscience now your yeah. love of music is is uh, um, uh, music and the 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 struggle in this extinction time mm-hmm uh my mind immediately goes to Joni Mitchell and Neil Young, <laughs> kind oh, of in yeah. the news just lately. And uh, you have uh, played extensively with uh, Pete Seeger. I have indeed. And you're kind of in that generation of, and uh, the, the possibilities that we feel from these people that have this body of work. Um, it's exciting. It, it's exciting. And I don't, I don't remember this happening exactly like this in some time where you really have elders. You have elders gathering really since Pete Seeger, let's put it yeah. that way. <laughs> Noam Chomsky. Yeah. Uh, with, but with, with uh, Neil Young and Joni Mitchell, you've got, um, they are poets. They are wordsmiths. How is it that we don't, know what we've lost until what what is it it's the parking oh. lot song <laughs> yeah yeah they both have what's lost until it's gone yeah yeah, yeah. they both have a, lots of songs of that kind ranging in different topics uh including of course totally. romance um and that's part of why they're so powerful is that we have taken the steps of our life passages <laughs> with their songs as our soundtrack um now just this morning i woke up to be greeted by uh bill mckibben has been you know uh hobnobbing with neil and neil young is calling for the boycott of chase city wells fargo and bank of america 
Well, now that, let, we want a song. We want a song yeah. for that. <laughs> totally. Uh, uh, this I, I wrote a piece for my Dot Earth blog when I was still at the New York Times at least 10 years ago on the environmental movement needs a new song. You know, it's like, where is that? And uh, our, our music habits, maybe it's, I don't know. Maybe one of the issues is like music has gotten just as fragmented as news now. Remember back in the day, we'd all pick up a yeah. newspaper and we'd look at the front page and, or we'd watch the nightly news and we'd all see 10 stories. And there could be a national conversation or at least, you know, then they take polls and people would say, oh, the, the, the Vietnam War is important. Um, right, right. And now it's like, uh, there's like an information buffet, right? So whatever your musical or news interest is, you go out to the world's biggest buffet now and you gorge on it. But it's so segmented, right? The people listening to Neil Young aren't listening to hip hop and et cetera, et cetera. So I think maybe we've just gotten so fragmented that way that there isn't a single song. I don't know. Well, they're, they're saying that his... his uh... Streaming has gone up 35% since he got out of Spotify and insulted Joe Rogan. So <laughs> well, maybe, maybe we can bring back a, but I, um, why don't you play carbon heavy? That liberated carbon. Yeah. Let me liberated carbon. Can we yeah. do that? And then I want to hear this song you guys have worked on. Uh, so yeah, let me just share this thing again. Uh, for, yeah, hold on one second. We'll get to it. So before you before we go there, you did mention my buddy Pete, and here I am with Pete and Steve Stan, the, the really tall guy in the middle who used to work at uh, Clearwater for many years uh -huh. and also uh -huh. worked for the state. Anyone who's ever been in a, up the Hudson River, driving through a highway on highway, you'll see when you're in a watershed that's part of the Hudson River watershed, there's a, there's a uh, an emblem of a sturgeon, this rare species of fish, and Steve Stan also created that. So we'd be uh -huh. singing, you know, I, I've been singing since before I was a journalist, you know, so I was a teenager, I started playing, playing guitar. And um, I moved to the Hudson Valley in 1991. And Pete Seeger lived just 10 minutes away. And he ran this little monthly, he was part of the Beacon Sloop Club up in Beacon, New York. And you get there and just pick up a banjo or something and you're playing with Pete. And we got to know each other. I quoted him in many articles about the Hudson River and other issues. And we we became friends the last 20 years of his life. And uh, until he died at uh, age 96 or so. and uh, But this was the cool, the coolest thing about Pete was something that he used to do at any concert, especially as his voice got weaker when he got older. He would hold up, halfway through a song, he would hold up his hand to his ear. And that was his signal. This is for everyone. I want to hear you guys singing. And uh -huh. it, it was about this circle of song. He wasn't about his own voice. Uh-huh. He, you know, he he never liked fame that I saw. He he liked community, and that that sort of ear cupping, hand to the ear cupping thing. If we had more of that in in current music, maybe that would be a good way forward. Making uh, community. Yeah, let me see. Let's get to that song. Yeah, so I've been writing. I wrote this song, um, in the early aughts, when. Maybe it was earlier than that. You know, it's about oil. It's about our history of, it's man's relationship, humanity's relationship with energy in three minutes. 
it's kind of a history of our fossil fixation. It took a thousand generations for our species to rise, but gathering and hunting was no way to get by. We yearned to burn more than dung and sticks. Then someone came along and said, hey, try this. He opened up the ground and showed us coal and oil. Said, come liberate some carbon, it'll make your blood boil. Liberate carbon, it'll spin your wheels. Liberate carbon, it'll nuke your gills. Liberate carbon, it'll turn your night to day. Hey, hey, come on and liberate some carbon, baby, it's the American way. Now I got feet swamp fossils running my TV. Black label burns in my SUV. We can light up the planet like a Christmas tree. Yeah, they say that things are getting hot, but hey, we've got AC. Liberated carbon, it'll spin your own wheels. Liberated carbon, it'll nuke your meals. Hurry, just turn on a machine. We send an army to the desert. Keep this country free. Hey, hey, to liberate some carbon, baby, for you and me. Liberated carbon, it'll spin your wheels. Liberated carbon, it'll nuke your wheels. Liberated carbon, it'll turn your night. Amen. Amen. Earthalouia. Earthalouia, for sure. Yeah, so um, and that that's on my one and only album, which came out uh, back in, Jesus, 2013. Yeah, so that's uh, that keeps me sane. You know, music, I think the other rea reality for music and for performance, the stuff you do, is it, it builds community and, and it ultimately can cross lines. I think, you know, there'll be people who will always resist the things you pursue through your activism in that active way. But I think a lot of people will, you know, th there's humor in it. And I think humor and music both can cut through um, some of the extreme storminess out there these days. I just, my, how can you get, you know, I've had like Reggie, Reggie uh, Harris, a friend of mine who's a songwriter. He, he's uh, African-American. He, he's a uh, Black Lives Matter activist. And he was in upstate, yeah. New, upstate New York yeah. on a town green. You, he was on one of, he's on many of our shows. He might've been on one of the. Yeah, some, one of the funny shows. Yeah. Anyway, he was up on some town green in, in, a, in, a, in upstate New York, you know, in a pretty conservative part. 
for a BLM rally after the George Floyd disaster tragedy. And there was a MAGA rally on the same green. Whoa. And, you At know, it, it, yeah, and it kind of got interesting. And Reggie ended up saying, he, there's a great part of a show we, I did with him where he talks through his own feelings. His, his blood was rising oh. talking to this one guy. And they were like, not not coming to blows, but you know, really intense. And Reggie uh, just stopped at one point, took a breath, and he said, uh, "My name's Reggie. What's yours?" Good job. And, and they started talking, you know, because they reminded each other momentarily they were human beings and not symbols. So, so whether it's humor or just proximity, I think things can can still, you know, they're standing still there in your bodies in. Uh, with things coming through you, memories. Yeah. Uh, your family's nearby, maybe. Yeah. And a you're... lot of the riots, uh, the family isn't there. A lot of the riots, you've just got. Yeah, I know. Mostly and... guys. <laughs> yeah, there's yeah. that. Um, so, uh, I don't know. And I'm just. That, that humor is, is um, you know, uh, there's a word that Lynn Margulis and the evolutionists would have for the just the stray radicals. The humor in culture makes things pop and change and distort and hallucinate. And yeah, the, uh, going forward in a new way is what we must do yeah. with the gas and oil. You're in your the people who were in audio land and couldn't see what I was seeing here. We'll, we'll post it on the uh, revbilly.com. Uh, but this amazing movie, the video that goes with the song, it's uh, it starts in 1866. There they are at the first yeah. oil well ever. I know. That's 150 know. Wow. years ago. So uh, um, we yeah, are locked into the culture of gas and oil, and and it makes us it makes us the same. It makes us. It gives us the pavement and the wheels. It just, it's a, the choreography. It's so much locked in. And uh, yeah. humor, humor is the uh, the genetic, uh, there's a word for it, the genetic mutational freedom that we must have now. Because lots of people, if, if, if this were to work, you know, the last paragraph of all those studies is unless we radically drop our use of our drilling and shipping and burning of, of fossil fuel immediately, we have this apocalypse to look forward to. That's what all the studies for the last 30 years have had that in the last page. And uh, well, if we ever did do that, Andy, we would, <laughs> we yeah. would, uh, we would have to have humor. We would, <laughs> we would have to have a bunch of comforting and we'd have to be able to, to, do it. We just couldn't do it. At, uh, well, I. Some people say well, the only way we can do it is start raising fear. Uh, oh, but, no. uh, I don't. Well, what do you think about that? I think there has to be music. I think there has to be humor. I think that the civil rights movement and ACT UP and the labor movement, the women's movement, the peace movement, they all had right. humor and music driving yeah. them and defining with the words and. Um, yeah, sometimes sure. I do feel that right now this extinction event that we're a part of now coming out of COVID, if I can dare say that, uh, mm -hmm. where uh, I was relieved to have Neil Young and Joni uh, 
uh, Mitchell make a political statement um, and, and their music to light up uh, the, the atmosphere. And I, I want, I want, uh, I want young people and I want hip hop and I want, I want, I want the earth to sweep through the need, the music scape right now. For sure. You know, well, the other thing is, um, hope is a weird, weird word. Um, you know, people, I, I like people who remind us that hope is a verb. Right. I hope. At, at its root, it's a verb. You know, I don't have hope. I hope. And and that transforms it into an action. Uh-huh. And from being an aspiration, like a vague thing. And that's why I'm I'm actually not a big fan of climate emergency. You know, it's kind of like paralytic. We're in a climate emergency. A climate emergency. You know, I understand how it's become a driver of, you know, the uh, impetus for certain things, but it reminds me too much of that sort of flailing moment in an emergency, <laughs> as opposed to climate response or where do we go from here? Climate emergency, therefore what? <laughs> and It's not uh, doing its job. I heard that at Glasgow a lot. I mean, over-the-top descriptions of our impending agony and uh, over-the-top yeah. language doesn't doesn't do the job sometimes. No, it doesn't. Get, um, it doesn't get you there. I'd say more often than not, unfortunately. Um, but it's, but it I purges but you. It purges like, you on the spot. You you feel okay because yeah, because you were extreme in your language. I know, and you see, there are several aspects of this that are really troubling to me. Um, I, I love what Greta Thunberg has done in terms of you know community building, Fridays for Future oh, and stuff. But she then has become a token, um, like the World Environment, World Economic Forum had her, you know, in on screen at one of their meetings. You know, this is the billionaires, right? And they sort of have her there on screen yelling at them, and then they all kind of quietly applaud, and then go on to the next thing. You know, thank you very much. We're done. Um, but that great quote from her. After she was done with Davos, she said, I don't want your applause. I want your panic. Well, but even there, you know, I, I, I'm not going to, I'm not going to debate her about her word choices or her. They love the sadomasochism. They love, they love the, <laughs> thank but, you, Greta, for scolding us. But yeah, in a way it still is that it's, it's a, a, a tokenization. Uh, okay. But let's, we got that out of the way <laughs> and panic, you know, is panic you know, she wants them to act, right? Or, or to get out of the way, one, which is, a, is an action. Um, um, so so to me, okay, let's have that moment, but then, okay, let's, where do we go from here? Today, tomorrow, and the next day. Um, I'll always respect how, when she had the power early in her work, she turned and attacked a major institution. The grade schools and, and just millions of kids didn't go on Friday. And they had a, climate workshops with each other and um i don't know if that continues to this day right now we're remote so much of the time i think it got it got lost in covid i think yeah uh the but that for a time i thought well that's what we have to do we're just not so often we're not crossing the drawbridge of the big institutions and they are just handling us with well i saw this in glasgow handling us with 
their lobbyists, lawyers, marketing people, <laughs> sure. um, uh, and ultimately police. <laughs> but they have yeah. layers and layers and layers of, of people taking care of us before we get into the canoe to cross the moat and climb the wall. Um, they're they're w- w- easily ensconced inside that castle. So you yeah. want to you want to uh, check out the um, the yeah. stop shopping song? I totally do. Um, okay. Um, and we could get back to talking about Glasgow and stuff like that. Hold on a second. Well, this was written. written uh, this was performed at Glasgow at the Center for Perform- Performing Arts mm-hmm. uh, by its composer. Uh, he's the main voice there. There's a trio, but the main voice is Sunder, who's visiting India right now and uh, visiting his ancestry. Um, uh, give me it's about second. immersion. I, I was just coming off of this, the, the metaphor of the moat. <laughs> it's right. Called, it's right. called, let's you and me go swimming. And it, yeah. very much, it very much asks the question, what form will our activism take here in this sixth extinction? And here goes. Uh, for those who are watching, the you, the lyrics are on the screen, and you can sing along or learn it. Let's you and me go swimming. Let's you and me go swimming in the dead zone sea. In the dead zone sea. Demonize the Wuhan virus. Demonize the Wuhan virus. The civet cat goes free. The civet cat goes free. Let's you and me go climb a blackened mountain side. Apologize to the beating sun. We lost the last word. We lost the last word. We lost the last word. Let's you and me go flying. Take a rocket to the innocent free. Take a rocket to the innocent free. Read the smog of broken data. Crash in the crime of the trees. Let's you and me go dying. Win the race to end our race. From the mirror and into the eyes of everyone's unknown beautiful face. Everyone's beautiful face. I love the horizon leaping to its death. Let's embrace what isn't there. Let's go for a swim in the raging flood. Mother Earth self-care. 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 That is so beautiful. And it's made more beautiful by the sound of children in the background, wherever you are. Is there a school <laughs> outside? Or? It's, it does sound like, um, uh, it does sound like Greta Thunberg's 13-year-olds. Mm. That's the Stop Shopping Choir. 
Um, Fantastic. And I think it's mostly I think it's mostly the sopranos and altos. Sounds like sounds like the feminine voice there. I've got that one line I just discovered as I was sitting here and yeah. having having the lines in front of me. There's this one line. It, it's it's um, I'm the I'm the author of the words. And there's this one line that it's like Branson and, and Bezos and Musk took over my body because there's this line. Let's you and me go flying. Take a rocket to the innocent breeze. Uh, <laughs> what? You know, what, what is that? Yeah, you know, so let's, let's be billionaire brats with our limousines in outer space. I, I can't believe that's in there and it will be changed somehow. <laughs> well, yeah, but this gets at, you know, what we were saying earlier, we, we live in a world of narratives and you and I grew up in the space race and it's, it's hard to kind of break free of those existing structures and memories and really invent something new. One thing I think about a lot in the Biden era is the the limits of the phrase "build back better." Uh, to me, it's "build forward better." There, there, there's so much of our uh, that sort of nostalgia element can pull us back into oh, right, norms right. that we won't want. You know, build forward better. You know what? Oh yeah. Let's yeah. break free of our ideas of what a city is. Um, we have to reinvent suburbia somehow, or, you know, it took a hundred years to build this sprawly thing. Uh, I live on a train line, so I'm not really in a suburban setting so much, uh, but sprawl, you can't just immediately unsprawl, right? There, there's a woman at University of Georgia um, who just has a new book out on, on uh, breaking suburbia into new, looking at it and figuring out a new way to think about it and build and, to build forward better again, to, to not build back. And do you have, do you have, have you read the book? Do you want, what, her new what, one, her what did new she one, say? No. Um, it's essentially looking at that landscape, knowing you can't literally blast all away. Well, that's what I was going to uh, say. One thing, one thing is about- I see a jackhammer here. Yeah, but it's more about, uh, you know, changes in zoning. So you get more, more, more- uh, Density uh, of-, of uh, Density and people. walkability. In, in little zones. Like there's a website, one of my favorite websites, deadmalls.com. Uh-huh. Yeah. It's a map yeah. of isn't malls it wonderful? that are broken. And, and you know, there are places uh, uh that where malls have been re rebuilt, like literally as a community, a walkable community. Uh in Massachusetts there's one uh, I wrote about this at, on Dot Earth at the Times along like over a decade ago. Her name is uh Ellen oh, come on brain. Uh, I could look it up, but she, she's she does really creative work. She's an architect, architecture person. Ellen. Oh man, miles of pavement there. Yeah. Miles and miles of pavement, and the and the the earth. Uh, well, the, the the lawns have a lot of glyphosate. There's lots of oh, this is all kinds of you know, poison. How many issues? <laughs> Let us count the issues. <laughs> and the uh, yeah, well. Thank you for playing that. I, I mean, the the major the major uh, statement here is that we have to physically uh, immerse in the earth. Sorry. <laughs> yeah, I I love I I love the the song and I love the this effort to dream forward. You know, it's all it's sort of a dreamscape too. The song and. Well, I had just been reading uh, Poet New York by 
Federico Garcia Lorca, and I think I was mm. heavily influenced by, you know, the amazing imagery. Yeah. And the the idea of of um, rediscovering how to put your body talk about suburban problems how to how to how to get back to physically uh, the earth such that it isn't a recreational thing necessarily or isn't necessarily a extreme sport background or whatever uh, when you travel to it from some distance away then we have a chance to invent these mediations uh, right, right how do you bring how do you bring the wilderness into the suburbs ultimately ultimately that's there's a whole group of people working on that you know working on yeah. um, oh there's 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 language there bringing the wilderness back rewilding yeah 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 uh, well you know there's if the song the song feels like it has a little bit of that dark ecology moment in it too or sort of embracing this the 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 dark side of the journey um you know let's let's you and me go dying there, there is a voluntary extinction movement i hope you're not part of that because we need more of you not less of you <laughs> thank you that's that i'll put it back a few days <laughs> <laughs> i i haven't written about the voluntary extinction movement but it, it is it, it is a thing there are people who there are people who are stopping having kids uh because they're because of that uh-huh climate emergency, climate catastrophe uh -huh. meme. Um, and there's been recent articles about climate anxiety, breakdown. Um, some of that right. I worry about uh, in the same way I worry about climate emergency because it's sort of uh, not not simply because we need everyone to get busy and do shit, but and there always would be people who, be, who, who you know, just haven't, for them, this is a depressing time. I mean, gosh. How could it not be right to some extent? There's a range of emotions, a range of reactions, but I hope we don't get too sort of caught up in that idea that that's where we all have to go. Well, in the light of the, uh, you know, teenage suicides and um, I don't like our culture to make a fashion out of that kind of departure. I, I initially did appreciate the dark mountain movement in England um but they they were not talking about um the designed demise of humans they were talking about uh being honest the way we're trying to be honest in this song to be honest about what is happening and that whatever does happen we don't know uh but what we 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 should work with what we do know and a lot of that is would be discouraging to a you know regular goofy midwestern cheerleader uh, but uh <laughs> of which i come from that stock huh? but uh you're reminding me by the way um i did have noam chomsky on a on a session several months ago before his 94th birthday Ooh. and he said some really interesting things you know when you think of chomsky at least when i thought of him in the abstract yeah um he seems so very focused on this other vision of politics of of social systems mm -hmm. but we were talking about you know what do you do within to, what's the balance between working within today's realities and pursuing a fundamentally post-capitalist you know i won't idea 
-hmm. And he said yeah. something really powerful. He he said, you know, we have to work. You have to work where you are. Uh, it was very he was kind of like super super pragmatic. There was a student students on this and, and uh, some other faculty, and he said, uh, with regard to being hopeful, we we have basically kind of a a version of Pascal's wager. We have two choices. We can either give up hope and help ensure that the worst will happen, as it will, or we can grasp the opportunities that exist, however we estimate their force, but they do exist. We can grasp them and pursue them, and maybe we can make it a better world. Those are the choices. As to whether we're capable of doing it, it will soon be known. <laughs> oh, my God. Thank you for reading that. Well, it was it was a gift. Uh, the whole hour with him was a gift. It was, uh... and the hour with you, which is coming up to an hour now, is has been a gift. And that uh, reading by Dr. Chomsky, can we re regard that as our benediction? Yeah, uh, although I, <laughs> I would certainly love. I mean, you're kind of interviewing me, but I would love to hear your quick sermonette, you know, what's your benediction? What's your, what's your outro <laughs> to the world? I know that, uh, um, I have, um, enjoyed my, um, being with you, uh, since we met, since you interviewed us 10 years ago, um, maybe, was it 10 years ago? It might have been even more. More than that? Well, I, the demarcation I use is Occupy Wall Street. Was it before Occupy or after Occupy? Right, right in that, somewhere in that. Somewhere uh, in there. Yeah. Um, um, I appreciate the, um, um, the, the way that you uh, are able to... Um, credit um many different viewpoints and you do it you do it simultaneously you do it um uh crediting everyone and then because you are able to take three or five viewpoints and and have them in the same room in the same paragraph then uh there's a kind of compassion that's possible um you're like reggie at that uh commons you're you're there's a in the world of ideas and um yeah. sometimes um because we ground ourselves in um trespassing while singing and risking arrest mm -hmm. and we we have to do that uh at a certain rate or we you know start going batty or some people would say that is batty <laughs> but we 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 need that for our souls and there is a uh, with the risk there's the risk with that approach of um making a heaven a hell about yeah. a black a black and white a uh, evil and good um which we see uh, even good liberals are driven to that right now by trump mm -hmm. and um it's a tendency that i think hurts our um ability to have elasticity and and to in the environmental movement, we have we have uh, this 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 extinction event, um, the virus, the superstorms, the heat waves, the wildfires. We have all kinds of feedback loops. It's all one now. It's it's 
it's just the earth with all these different kinds of permutations um, and our ability to to, to to absorb so much, to sort it out, and to bring, as we said, the humor and the music, is is all important to to uh, to going forward, and yeah. not back. <laughs> yeah, I, I just uh, dedicate my final remarks here to um, going forward with the complexity that humor and music bring us back to again and again. I, that's a beautiful way to get at those things. And they, they give us space. They sort of give permission, humor and music and performance to, uh, and conversation to engagement, to, to getting out of the symbolic, symbol-driven discussion, which doesn't get anywhere. I By the way, I looked it up and I first got to know you and doing this piece in 2007, which is getting to be a Whoa. very long time ago. This was a fresh advertising pitch <laughs> by nothing because you were down uh, in this uh, section on your, the church of stop shopping. I think was in here. Uh, there was, was a video. That, was that here. adjoining with the, the conversation with uh, Savitri and I? Well, here we go. Uh, still, the more hardcore anti-consumerism movement has gotten a boost in the last few days with its own documentary, What Would Jesus Buy? Opening oh, in New York yeah. City and LA, the film, reviewed favorably in the Times, chronicles the cross-country crusade by Reverend Billy of the Church of Stop Shopping. So, but, and you can see the internet are, is breaking because there's no, uh, the Adobe Flash Player is no longer supported, but that, that was the <laughs> first one. And then you were in uh, some of my other stories going after, afterward. So thank you. Yeah, you know, I've been tracking your journey that. for a long time. Thank you, Andy. Yep. And now back to the day of, for me, action and is really still writing mostly. You uh, got to write now. Yeah, and, and I'm writing and, sadly about this uh, another piece about this poor creature, this poor inhabitant. Those I was going to say they look like loons. Those are the, the fins. Uh, the, the purposes, the dolphins. They're the fins of the, uh, the last, there are only seven or oh, maybe God. eight left in the whole world. This is on Sabatree's uh, News from the Natural World recently. Yeah, I, I, I've done a lot of reporting on here. Here's a little video I shot of, uh, I mean, I kind of produced this of their. Oh, that's heartbreaking. They're vanishing. Heartbreaking. And, you're, you're willing to accept the dark mountain inside yourself there. Well, you know, ultimately. <laughs> I've already written several sort of species obituaries when I was at the New York Times. The the, oh. the, the other, the Baiji, the river dolphin in China, um, I, I had to write about its demise. And I just uh, feel, again, this is an experiment. I don't know if this animation will help in some way, but I figured I'd try. And let's so We just trying. have to try every day. Yeah. <laughs> Forward. Thank you so much, Andy. Ursaluya. So talk with you for this last hour and now i'll shape a little five minutes of it into the first half hour to invite people to leap over into the into the main part of the conversation awesome let's but do have, it again let's do it again you know we will have a good afternoon writing Take care of yourself. yep and hail those kids playing it outside there yeah you hear the schoolyard <laughs> totally it's great that helps our conversation i think